0: the death of jesus friend lazarus provided him with an amazing opportunity he was sad that his friend had died but he also had a unique opportunity to present the truth of who he really is he has power over death and at his command, the dead come back to life. This truth exposes the hearts of people as they choose either to acknowledge him as the Son of God or obstinately reject him. Stephen Davy called this lesson an earlier resurrection.
1: In our chronological study of the Gospels, we now sail into John chapter 11, and we find here the record of another resurrection. Lazarus and his sisters, Mary and Martha, live near Jerusalem in the village of Bethany. They were close friends of Jesus. They send word here in verse 3, saying, Lord, he whom you love, that is Lazarus, is ill. Now, these sisters, uh, you know, were convinced that Jesus would pack everything up and come running. I mean, There ought to be a little perk like that if you're a friend of Jesus. He he can't give you front row seats of the symphony, but he he can heal your your family and friends. But instead of running to Bethany, Jesus does something else. Here in verse 5, we're told, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Well, that doesn't make any sense he loved them and then he delayed another 2 days well let me tell you these two sisters wanted jesus to reveal his power over sickness jesus is going to wait until lazarus dies so he can reveal his power over the grave well 2 days later jesus announces to his disciples they're going to head over to bethany and and rightly so, they're concerned for his safety. After all, these are uh, these are times when he has death threats against him. But Jesus says here in verse 11, Lazarus has fallen asleep. Well, now they miss the point. So he tells them plainly here in verse 14, Lazarus has died. Well, death looks like the body is sleeping, which is why sleep is often used to describe someone who has died. Now, when Jesus finally arrives... Mary stays in the house. Evidently, she's pretty upset with Jesus. But Martha rushes out to meet him, and she just sort of blurts out here in verse 21, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Well, she's upset with him too. Now, verse 23, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, well, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection. And the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. What Jesus is saying here is that he not only has the power to bring someone back to life, but that he is the resurrection and the life. In other words, he is the source of resurrection life. Jesus asks her, Do you believe this? Martha answers in verse 27. Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. By the way, I want you to notice that Jesus doesn't ask Martha how she feels. It's what she believes that matters here. Beloved, there will be times when you don't feel like you understand what Jesus is doing. His delays may be painful, But the question isn't how you feel about what's going on right now in your life. The question is, do you believe that Jesus is capable and trustworthy in managing your life? Well, now with this, Mary finally comes out of the house, and she falls down at Jesus' feet, and she says to him here in verse 32, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died Verse 33 states, When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. The Greek word here for troubled is used of a horse that's breathing heavily under a strain. Jesus is feeling deeply the pain of these tears from Mary and Martha. In fact, here in verse 35, as Jesus arrives at the tomb, it simply says, Jesus wept. By the way, this doesn't mean that a little tear trickled down his cheek. You could render this, Jesus burst into tears. Now, why weep in view of what he knows he's, he's going to do? Well, I believe this reveals that he is indeed touched by the feelings of our infirmities. He shares our sorrows over what sin and death have brought into the world and into the human race. But why did Jesus wait until Lazarus had been dead for a total of four days now? Well, I believe it's it's because the rabbis were teaching the superstition that the soul hovered over the body for three days, hoping, if possible, to reenter it. Well, Jesus is giving no place for any superstitious belief regarding Lazarus. He's leaving (laughs) no doubt whatsoever that Lazarus is dead. And this fourth day, you know, it is beyond hope. So when Jesus calls for the family cave or the crypt to be opened, Martha objects here. She expects the stench of death to be rather uh, distressing. Jesus tells her in verse 40, did I not tell you that if you believed, you will see the glory of God? In other words, just wait. Something exciting is going to happen. Well, Jesus prays briefly and then afterward cries out here in verse 43, Lazarus, come out. The church leader, Augustine, wrote centuries ago that if Jesus had not called Lazarus by name, the entire cemetery would have emptied. At that moment, Hmm. verse 44 says, the man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. This is a wonderful picture, beloved, of the Lord's power to bring someone who died back to life. He is indeed the resurrection and the life, the source of life. Now, I want to point out two responses here to this miracle. First, there is belief. Verse 45 says, Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what he did, believed in him. Well, how could you disbelieve after watching a dead man come walking out of the tomb? But some did. In fact, the other reaction to this miracle is willful unbelief. We could call it willful blindness. Some reported this miracle back to the Pharisees and the religious leaders, and verse 47 records their reaction. The chief priests and the Pharisees gathered the council and said, What are we to do? For this man performs many signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him, and the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation." Caiaphas even adds here in verse 50, he's the high priest. He says in prophetic words, It is better that one man should die for the people, not that the whole nation should perish. In other words, let's kill Jesus before any Roman army shows up and wipes us all out, takes away our jobs, and people start following this false Messiah. Verse 53 tells us, From that day on, they made plans to put him to death. In other words, they're going to do everything in their power, everything they can possibly do to keep from seeing and hearing the truth. James Montgomery Boyce once wrote about a man who refused every invitation to visit the church he lived near. Well, one day he was walking by and he heard music and decided to go in and sit near the back of the church until the music finished. But when the music was over and and the preacher stood up to preach, the man realized he was hemmed in by all the people and he couldn't leave without being noticed. So he decided to sort of slouch down in the pew and put his fingers in his ears so he couldn't hear. Well, a little housefly began buzzing around his nose. He ignored it as long as he could, but finally took a hand away from his ear and swatted at it just as the pastor said. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear what God says. Well, that did it. The man listened and then gave his life to Christ. Well, let me tell you, beloved, the religious leaders have their fingers in their ears. They have their hands over their eyes. Even the raising of dead Lazarus doesn't faze them. They're going to try to swat that event away. Well, here's a warning, and perhaps this is for you today. If you don't know personally the Lord Jesus is your God and Savior, don't cover your ears and your eyes. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. If you believe in him, he will one day take you from death into everlasting life. Well, until our next journey, beloved, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.
0: This is The Wisdom Journey. You may be listening today because you're a Christian and you want to grow in your faith. Or maybe you're not a Christian, but you're curious about the Bible, and you want to know more about what it says. Either way, you're aware that the Bible teaches that Jesus has the power over death. He proved it at his own resurrection, and he proved it in raising his friend Lazarus from the dead. The question is, what are you going to do with this truth? Respond to Jesus in faith or reject him? If we can help you today, we'd be delighted. You can contact us at info at wisdomonline.org. You can also call us at 866-48-BIBLE. If you don't fully understand the message of the gospel and the offer of salvation that Jesus made to you, we can help you. Stephen has a resource titled, God's Wisdom for Your Heart. You'll find that at wisdomonline.org forward slash gospel. Once again, you'll find information about the gospel and how you can know for certain that you're saved at wisdomonline.org forward slash gospel. While you're at that site, I encourage you to look around. It's filled with discipleship resources that'll help you understand the teachings of the Bible. All of Stephen's Bible teaching is there, and it's available free and on demand. You can listen to any lesson or read Stephen's manuscript at wisdomonline.org. Visit today, then join us next time to continue the wisdom journey.